Welcome to Succeed in AMP, the podcast dedicated to you, the AMP instructor. I'm Valerie Kramer, and I am the host of Succeed in AMP, and also the marketing manager for Anatomy and Physiology here at McGraw Hill. And I'm really excited to be back. Thank you to Jim Conley, who was the interim host for a little while while I was out on maternity leave, and I learned so much. Uh, and I'm still learning now as a new mom. So for those of you moms out there, uh, kudos to you and kudos to all of the things that you're doing in the classroom as well as at home. So on that note, I am here today because I am so excited. I'm doing a solo show because I found this amazing article um, by Peggy Bresnick, and it's based on a study that was done from what we learned from the last 18 months after COVID and during COVID. And some of the things that came out of this report that was done in May 2021 really found some silver linings from COVID. So I want to talk to you about a few things that came from this study that 91% of faculty had to transition a course to an emergency remote teaching format. And two-thirds of those taught a fully online course, and about a quarter of those taught a hybrid or flexible format. So it's very interesting to note that some of you were already teaching digital and didn't have to do that emergency, but 91% were. So hopefully with everything that has happened, we really got to learn quite a bit on if something were to happen like this again, that we would have some digital teaching or digital learning strategies set in place. So a couple other things that came from this study, and this study was done, uh, as I mentioned, it came out in May 2021, and it really talked more, too, about some of the challenges that were had, but then also five key areas, and I think these are the most important things that came out of it. And that these five key areas uh, where we can focus going forward as we launch into the new back-to-school season. And I want to just also pay note to the study that was done by Titan Partners and the Association of Chief Academic Officers. And it was done in the spring of 2020. Um, then in The research started in the spring of 2020, went through the fall of 2020, and then obviously came out this past spring. So one of the things that as these classes moved to a remote or hybrid model that the perception changed. There were many instructors who had thought, "Mm, I'm not really excited about teaching digital, and I really want to continue utilizing my textbook or my content in the way I always have. So this really helped us change the perception of digital learning and the fact that not only was it necessary, but it's also helpful for students. So uh, digital tools have supported these teaching practices, and institutions really came out on top with high-quality instruction based on this change. So what were some of the common challenges that this study found? Um, One of them, number one, and in my opinion and what I've learned from instructors just in my my short tenure of three years uh, with the A&P list, is really that student engagement has always been a challenge, and that has really surfaced as well in the digital environment. 
Engaging students was the most frequently cited challenge and a key priority for the future. The study cited that 70% of faculty said that engaging students was the most challenging aspect of the transition to remote teaching and learning, and about three-fourths, 74%, of faculty identified increasing student engagement in class as a priority in the upcoming fall 2021 term. And that was quote-unquote there in that article. So how can we really look at student engagement? We'll talk about that in these five key areas that will support these challenges uh, in just a few minutes. The number two challenge was inclusion and diversity. And I'm going to quote, about two-thirds of introductory faculty are concerned that their institution is not sufficiently addressing systemic equity and access gaps. So that means how can we offer integrated advising, provide the tutoring needed and support needed, uh, making sure those mental health aspects uh, are really a place for students to go on campus and virtually. So making those a priority is really something that came out of this past year. And I will cite this article and, and attach a link in the podcast notes when you go to visit. Uh, but I think there are some really key things to consider there. Um, the third thing was effective digital learning. So not only do we want to engage students, make sure they're included, but we also want it to be effective. Uh, some of those things that were uncovered is pr some of the practices that were used that were very positive included use of an asynchronous course or asynchronous materials, pre-recorded materials, increased modu modularization of content and learning outcomes, more frequent assessment, so not just those two exams, but more frequently assessing the students, increased use of digital tools, fostering collaboration. So how do we create that collaboration and learning even in a digital environment? Individual outreach and support. So not getting those students lost in the course, even though it is virtually. Uh, they can really kind of hide in the weeds a little bit. So it's important to really get the support to those students in need. So now uh, the study participants were asked, and I should note that there were the study participants were 11,000 faculty from 2,000 institutions. So that's quite a few. So I think that this information really has some bearing, weight bearing to it. And these five key areas that are something to consider going into this fall semester coming up is to provide faculty with support to implement these evidence-based instructional practices. So it's important for instructors to be supported with whatever tools they're using and whatever content they are using. The second thing was to research and select high quality and affordable digital learning tools and provide guidelines for using and implementing them. And I will do a plug since we are McGraw-Hill that in all of our tools from Anatomy and Physiology Revealed and our virtual labs as well as our smart book and content it is very much a one package that is a very low cost for students. It also lasts the entire 
AMP 1 and AMP 2 semester if you are in the two semester course. So it's really important to look at how easy these tools are to use and we also make sure that you don't have to be the experts on these digital tools. We will provide the implementation for students. We will provide demo videos and how-to videos so students go into the course knowing how to navigate Anatomy and Physiology Revealed, our virtual cadaver, for example. They know how to navigate a virtual lab. So you don't have to teach that. You can focus really on the AMP content that you are the expert at. So number one, again, provide faculty with support. Number two, provide high-quality and affordable digital tools that are easy to use. Number three, expand digital learning support and professional development. So making sure that this kind of goes along with number one and really supporting the faculty, but also expanding the digital learning so faculty know how to use these tools. Number four, really evaluate the impact that this shift is having on different student populations. So how are student, different student populations at your campus going to feel about these different areas? Making sure that the impact of anything new that you are implementing will be available to students. And that leads into number five of the focus is to really ensure that students have access access to tools, equipment, the internet, um, and even just the skills to use the digital tools. And that brings me to talk a little bit about accessibility. So in summary of these five key areas going into the back to school season, what we've learned from a study from the past 18 months is provide faculty with support, make sure students have high quality affordable digital tools, Expand digital learning, support, and professional development. Evaluate the impact that it's having on all student groups and ensure students have what they need to succeed. So on that note, some of the items that McGraw-Hill really has implemented with our tools is the accessibility component. So whether that is using a screen reader, having closed captioning, being able to navigate the tools with uh, a keyboard navigation versus a mouse. Those are all things that we are continuing to invest in across all of our tools in Connect for Anatomy and Physiology. So based on all of these things we've talked about, I'm just really excited to continue to build student engagement, inclusion, and effective digital learning with Connect for A&P and look forward to a great fall semester. Thank you for joining us at Succeed in A&P and please reach out with any questions you might have or ideas for future podcasts. My email is valerie.kramer at mheducation.com. Until then, have a great rest of your summer. Mm -hmm.